Becoming a member at Navy Federal Credit Union could help you to earn more and save more. Their certificate options could earn you more than standard savings accounts with competitive rates. Not all financial institutions offer you as many choices for savings options as Navy Federal does. For example, you can start your savings journey with a low minimum deposit, add money at any time, and watch your savings grow. Thanks to flexible terms, you can use Navy Federal savings options for all kinds of goals, short or long term. Navy Federal also offers equity loan options to help you get the funds you need to consolidate high-interest debt, work on home improvements, or cover any of life's big expenses. To learn more, visit NavyFederal.org. At Navy Federal, their members are the mission. Navy Federal is insured by NCUA, equal housing lender, membership required. Terms and conditions apply, loan subject to approval. Here at How to Money, we're always encouraging listeners to think about some of the different ways they can earn some money on the side to reach their financial goals. And guess what? While you're away, your home could also earn extra income. Your empty space could be an Airbnb while you're traveling, because that's all you need to become an Airbnb host. Yeah, hosting is a lot easier than you might think, and you don't need to Airbnb a whole house. You can just host your extra spare room. So consider becoming an Airbnb host, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, it's Matt here for Health Aid Kombucha. This bubbly probiotic tea blended with real fruit juice is deliciously thirst-quenching and great for your gut health. Health Aid Kombucha comes in many flavors like Pink Lady Apple, Passion Fruit Tangerine, and Ginger Lemon, which is one of my favorites since it has that extra ginger kick. I'm a big fan, though the kids prefer the the mango lemonade. It's organic, it's non-GMO, and a great alternative to sodas and other sugary drinks. Just look for the brown bottle with an anchor in your local stores. Give it a try today. Make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. Welcome to How to Money. I'm Joel. And I am Matt. Yes, he is. And today <laughs> we're talking about the impending student loan cliff. Right, buddy, we are talking about student loans, and it's there's a good reason for us to talk about this, because there are changes on the horizon, even though I personally am not affected. Yeah. I, I am actually fortunate, Kate nor I were v- fortunate enough, some would say privileged enough, to not have any student loans uh, by the time we, or you know, ever, but certainly when we graduated Emily college. and I, we both had student loans, and we're currently paying cash for her grad school, so we've paid for education paid uh, for over here, yeah. but it's... You paid a little bit of little bit of interest on on your your, your higher we, education i will say we were lucky when when we graduated rates were, rates were crazy rates low were crazy low on the student mm-hmm. loan so it, it but there's a lot of good news for people who have student loans if you're like nervous a, about what's coming this fall mm-hmm. yes there's a cliff coming but that cliff has been um i don't know there's like a, a soft pad at the bottom of the cliff for a lot of people <laughs> given kind of all the changes that are uh, that have occurred we're going to discuss all that today it's like one of those ma- blow-up mattresses that firefighters put out when right there's, when there's a jumper <laughs> where they're like as long as you land within the circle exactly Exactly. Uh, we think that there is a maybe a soft landing ahead for you. Mm-hmm. But uh, Matt, before uh, we get to that, I just wanted to mention really quickly 
that one of my tenants, they reached out via email and they said, hey, we're thinking about changing the way we pay you every month. Is that okay? And I was like, well, we can pay you in pennies. What you think? <laughs> that would be messed up. <laughs> pay you in greasy pennies coated in motor oil. I did. That was a story we talked about like three, oh, yeah. two, three years ago. I made a bet one time with a friend and he about whether or not one, one player was going to make the all-star game. I won the bet and he paid me in pennies because he was so mad. <laughs> but That's what you get. Right. But so no, my tenant was like, hey, I think I'm going to pay with this, this thing called the built MasterCard. Cha-ching! And I was, You're like, I was so proud of them. I know about the built card. Yes. I talk about that all the time. I was like, this is going to add one Ooh. small extra hassle every week uh, or every month, right, when I collect rent, because now I have to actually like take a picture of the check and, and deposit it, but still not really that big of a deal. And the tenant now gets the rewards and I've never, I haven't been well, on the receiving end yet well, can't of you, someone using it. So. Sure. Can't you enroll in within the built program, the platform, and then it gets sent directly to you? Uh, is that is that not correct? Oh, as a landlord? Yeah. Dude, I should have thought of that. No, I hadn't even thought of that until now. So uh, I don't know. I haven't like I've obviously we've talked about it on the show and I know something about it. But d- like, do you actually get rewards too? Like as a, I, as the receiver? No, I don't think so. It's just no. the the payee. But this is just a good reminder too. There you go. Boom. You don't need to keep your iPhone after all. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you don't need that nicer camera. <laughs> no. Does that pictures of the checks? The Pixel camera was just fine. <laughs> but uh, th- it's important to mention too to people out there who are renting. This is the the built Mastercard. It's the only card out there that rewards you for paying your rent with a credit card. And so obviously. As Matt and I always say, be responsible with your credit card. If you can't pay the balance off on time and in full every month, it's not for you. Skip it. But it's mortgage. But if you can. Yeah, and mortgage payers, they don't get the same perk, but but renters do. So the Built MasterCard School, yeah. we've got a review. We'll link to that in the yes. show notes. But yeah. I was like, I was just so proud of my tenant. Yeah. I'm like, look at you earning rewards on that payment every like month. like a, a proud parent. Yeah. Do, do you have like a sense of like a paternal sort of feeling towards your tenants uh, in, in a certain way? Not really. I, I mean, there's sometimes I, I sometimes. can, like I, I told him, I was like, oh, dude, this is I awesome. Want, Congrats. Like but I want them to, to do well. And yeah. when they're making the right financial decisions, because like you get to know them and their finances a little bit in the screening process. I'm rooting for them, but I try not to bring it up as a topic. You no, know, well, I don't bring it up. But when they, for instance, are paying on time and you, when you know that maybe they had an issue with that or, or maybe they had a bunch of debts in the past. And granted, I sure. don't know how caught up they might be now. Like at the time, I I knew where they were when it came to screening. But even still, the ability to not only sometimes pay on time, but even paying slightly early, it all... It just it bodes well, right? Yeah. Like it makes me think that okay, I think they're I think they're doing a good job over there. Um, makes me feel feel good about what it is <laughs> that they're up to. Uh, but cool, man. Yeah, again, we'll make sure to link to that built card review if you are looking if you are interested in, in uh, getting one of those. Uh, we'll link to that there in the show notes. Let's introduce the beer that we're going to enjoy during this episode, buddy. This is an IPA, uh, and I know that because on the can here from Japan it says beer. IPA. It's literally the only thing you can read. And there's a bunch of Japanese on there. And I actually, I looked it up. And so we know the actual name of the brewery, of the brewery now, but I'm not going to try to say it. Oh, come on. Because it's a total mouthful. Except Give the for, people what they want to hear. I, so Waku Waku, that's, I'll say that part, but. I you sound like Fozzie <laughs> from the Muppets right now. <laughs> waka Waka. Uh, waku Waku Tezukuri Farm Kawakita. I guess this is a uh, very good. Say. I think I'll, I'll give you an A plus on that. That's uh, again from Julia. We're looking forward to uh, enjoy. <laughs> Julia, I just maybe. Did you ever watch The Wedding Singer back in the day? Julia Gulia. Julia Gulia. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Julia, we're not making fun of your name unless I guess your last name was Gulia, which I don't <laughs> think it is. But uh, we will let everyone know our thoughts on this beer at the end of the episode. For sure. Always fun to have something a little 
little out there um, from the other side of the world. So yeah, literally, you would have to go to Japan in order to try this beer. Which is on, here, here it's we on are. my short list of places to visit, by the way, for real. Oh. I want to catch a baseball game in Japan. Is that going to be our next uh, the next couple's trip? Maybe maybe next year? That's I hope ex- so. That's an expensive flight. They got a great coffee culture over there, too. Do they? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You don't know about this? No. Oh, you got to go the down Japanese the, coffee culture? There's a YouTube rabbit hole. You can go down there. Ooh. Yes. Okay, dude. <laughs> like I don't spend enough on, uh, on, on coffee already. Coffee paraphernalia. Yes. All right. Well, let's get to the, the topic at hand, Matt. We're talking about the impending student loan cliff. And it made me think, uh, I'm, I'm guessing there's some how to money listeners out there, myself included, who have had a health issue that maybe they chose to ignore for a little while. Maybe there was like a mole on their back and they're like, eh, I'll get it checked out <laughs> at some point in the future. And you, you know, you should go like see a, a dermatologist, dark, right? Like a, so it's the ABCs, right? You look for, what is it? Asymmetry the border and the color. I still know Look that. I remember from, dude, it was, it was all those days of sitting in the dermatologist's office as a teenager with all my zits. All right, well, <laughs> now I can- Reading the skin cancer. Now I can uh, run my skin issues by you before I go see a pro. ABCs, asymmetry, <laughs> border, and color. If uh, if you got some irregular irregularities there, buddy, you might want to go and get that thing looked at. Right. Well, and I I'm, I'm fine right now, though, okay. at least as far as I know. I mean, and, have you had Emily look you over? We have. It's the end of the summer. You've spent a lot of time outside. Uh, I'll ask her tonight. <laughs> I got your back. Okay. <laughs> well, and, and the truth is, right, off. some of those little things could be like not a big deal. It could be completely, it, it could be not a problem. You might be overanalyzing, overthinking. You're like, it's regular old mole. Literally just a mole. It ain't a, it, not a big deal. Sure. But it, 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 you could be risking something though by doing nothing. And the longer we kick the can down the road, the bigger the problem can become. It can negatively affect your health and then your sure. finances because now you're paying for, you know, a bigger procedure to get that resolved. And uh, a skin issue that could have maybe been resolved in with a quick in-office visit. Now it's like, you got to see the surgeon or something like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, we might've given this episode an intense title, but the truth is <laughs> tens of millions of folks feel like there's this impending cliff coming in October when payments resume, uh, like they're walking the plank or something like that, uh, to take it back to kind of the, I just finished reading treasure Island. So I guess I have pirates on the mind. That's a good one. It's just revisiting some of the classics <laughs> is what I'm doing, but, uh, we're going to talk about that and the, the impending reality, basically what to do about it so that you can have a plan and so that you can rest easier. Maybe, maybe see that giant padding at the bottom of that cliff and, sure. and not feel as daunted by what's coming. Yeah. You might still lose your lunch <laughs> as your folly, but, uh, the actual impact isn't going to be what you thought it would be. But the biggest problem, man, is that honestly, like a lot of folks, they just didn't use the payment pause as the financial catalyst that it could have been. Instead, we kick the cane down the road. Instead of getting that mole checked out, you just keep waiting and boom, all of a sudden, yeah, you got to go under the knife. Uh, it's, it's something that we've just a, a lot of folks have avoided mm-hmm. is paying any attention to their student loans. And not only just on borrowers behalf, like not only on, you know, for that is this something that they did, but the government did uh, as well. This is something that kept getting uh, prolonged, which only cemented the out of sight, out of mind sort of mindset that I think a lot of folks took towards yeah. their student loans. People started to think, oh, sure, payments are going to resume because like by the fifth kick the can, you're like, maybe, I, I maybe I'll never have to it. pay them again. And especially when we we're talking about forgiveness and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think people just assumed, understandably so, hey, guess what? These student loans, somebody else is going to take care of them. Yeah, but it's honestly, it's it's something that we have been recommending for folks to do. You know, like not having to make any payments for three and a half years. It could have been massively helpful, and it honestly it was for some. We've heard from a ton of how to money listeners who made hay 
while the sun was shining, right? They saved up a massive nest egg to pay off a big chunk all at once or even to eliminate those loans altogether. Uh, But that wasn't the case for everyone. As you might imagine, a recent survey found that one in three borrowers spent money instead of saving it. (laughs) because they thought that they wouldn't have to actually pay their loans back. Because all the messaging was telling them that was going to be true. Yeah, those those forgiveness attempts uh, by the government, they they actually hurt people financially because they ended up counting their chickens before they hatched, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, It makes me think, uh, one of our favorite quotes from Morgan Housel, which is, uh, save like a pessimist and invest like an optimist. Mm -hmm. And so we're looking at the saving like a pessimist side of that quote and folks did the exact opposite they spent (laughs) they spent like optimists they spent like this was going to continue uh it it just only reinforces like recency bias where you're only looking at the past like just the recent period of time and you're thinking that things are going to continue like they have been there's another uh another paper from the university of chicago and they found that borrowers whose payments were paused uh and this is regardless of their income they took on more credit card, they took on more mortgage and auto loan debt than borrowers whose payments weren't on hiatus. It's clear that there are a lot of folks who did the exact opposite <laughs> thing yeah. that they should have done. And there's, it's almost like there's a reckoning. But the good news is that there are some things, like you said, that, that are going to help lessen the fall as we approach that cliff. Yeah. And so we'll get to that. That's, that's really what we're going to talk about here in just a bit. The, the save plan is what it's known as. And there's a whole lot of stuff to talk about on that and, and how it's going to change your life. If you're a student loan borrower, really, it's going to change your finances in a big way. But Matt, that same paper you just referenced, it, the, the one from the University of Chicago, it said that American households live in hand-to-mouth fashion, is what they said. They just spend whatever comes in, which... In my experience, and from what we see, uh, isn't terribly far from the truth, right? Uh, three quarters of the people in the survey you just mentioned said they were confident that debt relief was coming. Mm-hmm. They believed it was coming, and so they spent like it was bound to happen. And now, 58% of folks say they're unprepared for student loan payments to resume. And we, again, we totally understand why people feel this way. It, it kind of felt like the wool was pulled over your eyes. You were told something that didn't end up being true. The the confidence with which student loan forgiveness was proposed and almost implemented, it led a lot of people to believe that they weren't going to be on the hook for the remainder of their loans or that a big chunk was going to be forgiven, which was going to give you more breathing room. They planned based on the confident assertions and promises of elected officials, and then they were let down. And this isn't the first time a politician has let somebody down, but it it almost feels like it's even more of an injustice because it caused people to believe something that wasn't true for so long mm-hmm. that they're in a worse position now than they would have been had that promise never even been made in the first place. Yeah, yeah, it made it worse. And fact is, if you would have been listening to the show, you would have heard us in- telling you about this, basically. Like Same we were giving bets, folks y'all. a heads up yeah. and you might not have liked what we said over the past you know, three plus years about preparing for student loans to resume uh, and the unlikeliness of forgiveness to actually become reality. But we did end up being right in this case. And is this a told you so moment? This, well, I'm not going to say it. I'm okay. not going to say it. But we do want to encourage folks to listen to the show. We don't want to dwell on the past. But it is important to mention that uh, that political promises are a dime a dozen. And if money from the feds comes your way, sure, that's great. And we're going to talk about it. But banking on the government to come through in the clutch, it's a poor financial strategy. And of yeah. course, folks didn't. They did the exact opposite of banking that money. They just they spent it. Yeah, exactly. They they took those promises as fact when they weren't fact yet. And it makes me think of Matt, let's say your kid's going to be less disappointed if you don't get them a pony for their birthday 
if you didn't promise it in the first place. But if you told them <laughs> you're getting a pony for your birthday and then you end up pulling the rug out from under them, how disappointing is that? Like it's it's even They've more pinned disheartening. their hopes and dreams to that actually happening. Right. And so because... That's why you always set the bar low. <laughs> That's right. Uh, daddy loves you, but probably not getting anything. And then you get something and then they're thrilled. Boom. Yeah. Parenting hack. It's, right uh, there. Yeah, exactly. It's it's parenting, parenting 101 right there. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to save money as a parent, that's the way to do it. But that's, you know, we try to stay away from politics on the show, but we're very much in campaign season right now. And so some of these these promises that you're hearing, they can sound so nice from people on both sides of the aisle, by the way. But uh, keep a healthy degree of skepticism when you're hearing those things. Hopefully not uh, a disbelief in positive change, but know that many of the campaign speeches we hear are, even if they're well-intentioned, they're unlikely to result in sweeping change. Even people that I, uh, maybe a politician that I gravitate towards or that I like or that I respect, I have to keep, uh, I have to take everything they say with a grain of salt because I know that there's a decent chance a lot of things they want to do, they can't actually get done. They're not actually going to be able to implement. Yeah, mm-hmm. They might have the right ideas, but what's the reality of that actually coming to fruition? Uh, but so l- let's also talk about just the, like the larger impacts, like the macro impacts of student loans resuming. And first of all, this could help calm inflation even more than we've seen it come down over the past few months. Uh, I know it's not quite the silver lining that you're looking for. (laughs) If you have a $450 payment that is exiting your spending account every single month. It's cold comfort. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up, Matt. (laughs) But the financial constraints that student loans will create, oddly enough, it could be good for the economy as a whole. It's like the exact opposite of stimmy checks, which were a big reason, obviously, I mean, why we are in this current inflation situation, again, though we have seen it subside a little bit. Uh, But this will also cost taxpayers a pretty penny. Uh, As we've been saying, this is actually more generous than the actual, the straight up forgiveness uh, that the administration, Biden administration was going for. Uh, And the New York Times, they recently confirmed that. Uh, And over the next decade, this could be a trillion dollar wealth transfer program yeah uh, it's a lot of money it could be like what in the first 10 years something like 450 billion mm-hmm. but over 20 plus years, i mean it, yeah we could get to that trillion dollar mark and so this is going to cost more in all likelihood than that straight up forgiveness amount that people were so excited about well this could be this could make a bigger impact but it's also going to have a bigger impact on people you know what the federal government sure. is spending. folks aren't as excited about it though because it's not the sexy sure like People aren't patient, right? And so the yeah. basically saying that like over the course of time this will be better for you. Well, yeah. people don't want that. They want the they want the whatever the sexy option is. Sure, forgiveness sounds so much better. But the truth is, this is kind of like forgiveness under another name because it's just uh, going to dramatically lower the amount that people have to pay towards their student loans, mm-hmm. uh, a good portion of people. And so for a large swath of people with outstanding student loan debt, it's going to have a bigger impact. Yes, a bigger impact than that blanket 10 or 20K worth of loan forgiveness that you were hoping for. And so that is that is how big this safe plan is. It's going to cost a lot of money, but it's going to have a big impact. And so uh, the the biggest cost center of the save plan is those lower payments that it's going to create for most people, for tens of millions of people, really. So we're going to talk about the save plan next, uh, how it works, how much you might save, and some of those gory details for how impactful it can be for you. We'll get to that right after this. I think there are a lot of folks who start small businesses and they're surprised at the amount of behind the scenes, the admin type work that they're not all that thrilled about getting your books together with, uh, with some final figures so that you can file your corporate taxes. For instance, that's something we've been in the middle of, but it can really gum up the gears, potentially keeping you from doing the work you love. If this is you, you should know these three numbers, 37,000 
25 and 1. That's right. Yeah, 37,000. That's the number of businesses which have upgraded to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, streamlining accounting, financial management, inventory, HR, and more. 25. NetSuite turns 25 this year. That's 25 years of helping businesses do more with less, close their books in days, not weeks, and drive down costs. And one, because your business is one of a kind. So you get a customized solution for all of your KPIs, key performance indicators, in one efficient system with one source of truth. Manage risk, get reliable forecasts, and improve margins. Everything you need to grow, all in one place. There's a lot of power in the simplification of having all that information in one place. Helps you make better decisions. That's right. And right now, download NetSuite's popular KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance absolutely free at netsuite.com slash howtomoney. That's netsuite.com slash howtomoney to get your own KPI checklist. netsuite.com slash howtomoney. So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. All right, we're back from the break talking about the... Specifically, we're going to talk about the SAVE plan. Oh, what does it stand for again? Uh, saving Americans... Valuable. Valuable education. Yeah, something, something like that. <laughs> something like that. Again, it's the acronym. It's political. doesn't really matter what it stands for. It's the SAVE plan. It's just a... It's branding, right? Well, and, and branding gets used by companies all over the oh, place, yeah. but it also get, gets used by the, the federal government and politicians, you too. you got to sell these ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick note, I wanted to mention, we're talking about federal loans here, by the way. This, uh, this does not go towards private loans. Those are very different. Those don't come with the same opportunities and these federal benefits, plus the forgiveness opportunities that we're going to describe here. So if you have federal loans, uh, we would encourage you to think long and hard before you even consider 
refinancing with a private lender. It did make more sense for a bigger chunk of folks years ago, but it makes very little sense for almost anyone these days. Uh, and that's particularly true given the generosity of the safe plan, which is what we're going to dive into now. Yeah. Be federal lo- or, or private loans, they definitely restrict some of those, some access to, to awesome things like these repayment plans. You might get a lower interest rate, but the almost nobody should consider Maybe. it now. Yeah, right. Exactly. And you might not as much these days, right? With like where rates are going. Seven yeah. or eight years ago, it made sense for some people. Not so much anymore. And one other thing to mention too, Matt, before we get into all the details of the save plan, there's a lot to cover. But just like we're with, starting off with, with all of our some caveats. caveats. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just like with the forgiveness attempt, legal challenges are going to try to prevent save from coming to fruition. They don't want some people don't want to see this plan come to come to the light of day, come to the rescue of student loan borrowers. But we would say from where we're sitting, not legal experts or anything like that, but there's less credibility to those attempts. We we knew from the very get-go there was a distinct, meaningful challenge to the student loan forgiveness uh, attempt and that that could easily be overturned, but it's unlikely to happen in the same way to the to this repayment plan because similar repayment plans currently exist and the Department of Education clearly, from what we've read, has the oversight to be able to make changes to those repayment plans and make them a little more generous. And so... Those which, challenges. Yeah, which, which is what's happened, as opposed to the blanket forgiveness. Right. They, they're modifying the terms of repayment, which has stood in the past. Yeah, yeah. So the challenges, they're unlikely to be successful, but it's still possible that SAVE yeah. might not ever see the light of day. And so it's, it's a good idea to be preparing for full payments to resume, uh, which means you'll maybe have SAVE more than you needed to, right? It, but that's... That's a better downside than the alternative, which is not having, not being prepared, not having enough on hand. Sure. And then I'd also say too that the safe plan it doesn't fully go into effect until next summer. And so when the payment restart happens, yeah. you won't have these newer lower payments uh, quite yet. But which, like you've already mentioned, like the campaign promises, but doesn't isn't the the timing uncanny? Like I can already hear the campaign <laughs> slogans ahead of the presidential sure. election in November of next year talking about student loans and just the the different um, from both sides of the aisle yeah. but it's like just don't the, you love that newer new lower payment and don't uh-huh. you want to vote for me sure exactly. of course there's a lot of politics awash in this too but but it's simultaneously <laughs> like yeah we live in crazy times and you never know like what actually might happen to, to this so there is like a small sliver of a chance that something does happen that it's challenged legally mm-hmm. that it gets wiped from the books but it does not seem nearly as likely as the forgiveness attempt, which literally folks were saying, oh, yeah, yeah, you can't do that. <laughs> right. Okay. Uh, since, since the sign up form is live now, Matt, since people can actually go to the Department of Education website and they can, you know, I guess the sign up form was live for student loan forgiveness and a lot of people signed up for it even you know before it was struck down. But the, the sign up form is live. So let's talk about what save is planning to do and what the likely changes are going to be for people. Yeah, some of the changes, because we've talked about how student loans resuming, how it might impact the economy, uh, the the macro environment as a whole. So now we're going to kind of dive into the micro for the, for a second here. We're going to dive into the personal because it's not going to be easy to reincorporate those payments after so much time off from having to make them. Uh, some borrowers, borrowers have even said that like it, it feels like a, this is I think from a Wall Street Journal article, but it feels like a distant memory <laughs> after all this time like they don't hardly even remember making payments prior like, do i have student loans i don't even remember anymore <laughs> exactly. like, i think it's true that the payment restart it's going to be a rude awakening but it also it's going to feel less like the sheer cliff that it would have been had the safe plan not been implemented 
this will change the ball game for student loan borrowers, making it less onerous than it would have been otherwise. Uh, some estimates have figured that when the payment resumes, though, it'll feel like a 5% pay cut, which, I don't know, depends on how you, how you look at it. On one hand, I think, I want to earn 5% more. <laughs> yeah. But on the other hand, it's just like, okay, 5%, that's... Yeah, you know, that doesn't seem like a massive upheaval to the way that you have been spending your money when it comes to your week to week, month to month expenses. Uh, but so much of it depends on your income and specifically the amount of student loan debt that you're in. Uh, I'm surprised you don't think 5% is a big deal. I think for most ordinary Americans, 5% of their budget is a massive deal. I guess so, when, you th- when you think about the different changes, like tax brackets, for instance, like you see a change to a tax bracket and you're like, oh, crap, okay, I've got to pay 3% more in tax. It's, it's not like the end of the do I want that 3% back? Absolutely. Like 100%. I wouldn't want to have to pay an, an additional 5%. But being able to save 5%, when yeah. we're going to dive into that here in a second, well, is, is what a lot of folks have basically sure. felt. is If they have been thinking about it through the lens of what terms were previously in effect, things look a lot rosier than they used to. Yeah, I think a lot of student loan borrowers are going to find that, that it is a big deal it, to that extra 5%. And that so a lot of people have said it's going to be more impactful than a year of crazy inflation was for a lot of people's personal finances. But yeah, because of that out of sight, out of mind factor, now it's coming coming back into their lives unexpectedly. Even though it shouldn't have been unexpected, it feels like it is unexpected for a lot of people. And so, but let's let's talk about the, specifically the save plan. How much it's going to help people save? the uh, The administration, the Biden administration, estimates that a typical graduate of a four year public university is going to save like two thousand dollars a year or forty thousand dollars over twenty years. Which is why that headline number we mentioned it, it could cost a trillion dollars over a couple decades. And and some people are going to save more than others. But that smaller monthly payment amount will is going to mean less constraint for most borrowers than before. And so people who, who aren't making much, they're going to see their payment reduced to nothing at all, uh, especially if you're not making much and you've got a couple of kiddos because they take into account your family size at the same time. Uh, but then in addition to that, something else, another perk of the safe plan is that the balance that you owe, it's not going to balloon it's not going to go up because capitalized interest is gone. It's being removed from the equation. And so as long as you make your required monthly payment amount, even if what's required is just a tiny amount now, your balance won't grow. So let's say the, the federal government says, hey, your, your, your loan payment before under the repay program, which was the predecessor to save, was $220. And now under the save plan, it's $49. As long as you make that payment, you, you're not going to see your balance grow. Whereas uh, at, before... People are seeing their balances grow even when they made their, their payments in full and on time. Exactly. And the and because of the cap, which I'm about to get into, is in place too, that keeps the... So say like you've got the cap, but your actual amount owed was beyond what that cap is, that additional interest oftentimes got added onto the principal. And so even at the... you Were you to make the payments on time at the end of the, that term you were taxed on that forgiven amount, which ballooned. Like, yeah. And so, in effect, that's how those balances got to be so large. But like I hinted at, there is an actual cap to the amount that you're going to have to pay every single month. And if you're wondering how much you'll, you're going to owe each and every month under the new plan, the new safe plan will link to a helpful calculator. But the monthly payments are going to be capped at 5% of borrowers' discretionary funds. Which uh, begs the question, what's discretionary funds, Matt? Yeah. So, well, first of all, this is cut in half from the current repayment plans, right? So prior to this, it was 10% of your discretionary income. Basically, the SAVE program, it increases the income exemption from 150% to 225% of the federal poverty line. So in this way, it's, it's, it's doubly generous. Like you are benefiting from multiple angles, from like multiple facets of the SAFE program. The 
easiest way to figure out what your discretionary income though is to take your total income minus $32,800. That's essentially the, the minimum, that's the floor. Uh, and then just multiply that by 0.05 uh, in order to get that 5%. Individuals earning less than that, they're gonna pay, they got a grand total payment of $0 a month. And then families of four uh, with an AGI of less than $67,500, they're also going to have a $0 monthly payment as well. Yeah, so your family size matters, your income matters. and But then once that's factored in, it's uh, a greatly reduced amount because of the new more generous way that discretionary income is considered, right? Yeah. So it's not even, yes, yeah, it's more than even just doubly. I just covered three different ways yeah. that this is, in my last point, <laughs> that this is more attractive to borrowers than the previous plan. Yeah. And on top of that, so there's even more room for generosity under the new safe plan. The While the the blanket forgiveness plan was struck down, like we've said so many times on this, on this show, even on this particular episode, the safe plan still offers a path to full forgiveness for some people, loans with an original balance of $12,000 or less, they can be canceled with just 10 years of on-time payments. And I believe if your original loan balance was like 13000 then you can you can have forgiveness in 11 years. It's like a grand, every additional $1,000 you borrow, it tax on an additional year to how long it's going to take to receive forgiveness. Kind of convoluted, I know. But uh, th- th- this in particular is going to help, Matt, a lot of community college grads out. Some estimates say that 85% of community college graduates are going to be able to have their loans forgiven under this new save plan. And that's far more generous than the current soon-to-be irrelevant mm-hmm. uh, income-based repayment methods. Yeah, that's right. And hopefully listeners out there uh, to How to Money are more ready than the typical student loan borrower for payments to begin again. But just in case you aren't, it's important to note as well that folks who aren't able to make payments, they're not going to be considered delinquent. They're not going to be placed into default until next fall. Again, when the plan actually goes into effect. Uh, And so what does this mean as to what you should be doing in the meantime? This does not mean that you shouldn't start paying if you can, but it is important to note that you're not going to be penalized if you can't in the meantime. Right, exactly. And so I think that... It's like a, it's a, a it's grace eth- period. ethical tightrope that we're, so <laughs> we're kind of walking here where yeah. it's just like, well, it's, it's not like a license to just do whatever it is that you want to do. Sure. Like you, you, you still should, but it's, it's, yeah, like you said, it's a grace period. There's, there's a period here where we, you do have a little bit of time to get your stuff together. And since these new lower payments, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to start happening until summer of next year, until July. I think this is, this is the way to kind of help people who are stuck with a higher payment than they can afford right now to say, Hey, guess what? If you can't actually afford to make those payments, it's okay. Like we're not going to ding your credit. You know, you're not going to get in trouble necessarily for not making those payments. And then hopefully once July rolls around, you see a massive reduction to the payment that you owe. And by then, hopefully you don't have any problem making those payments on time and in full every single month in perpetuity. That's right. That's why we're talking about this now to give you plenty of heads up. But that being said, you might be wondering, how is it that I can apply for this sweet new save program that you guys are talking about? Don't hold out on me. Let me know. How do I get the good (laughs) stuff? Uh, If you are already in the repay plan, there's actually no need for you to do anything. Uh, You will be automatically enrolled in the save plan once it launches. By the way, this feels like a lot of alphabet soup. I know. It like, is. There's the, <laughs> the original pay plan, pay as you earn, and then there was the revised pay as you earn, repay, and now there's the save plan. And so it is a little bit confusing. IBR, what's that? Is that a disease? Right. Should I get that checked out by my dermatologist? <laughs> Maybe you should if you want to save your life and uh, save some money. Uh, we will link to where it is that you can apply for this, though, if you are not enrolled in repay. 
But uh, save, it's not going to be officially launched until next July. It is still a good idea to get the ball rolling now to start thinking ahead how it is the new plan is going to impact your payments. Yeah, that lower payment doesn't come around until next July. But I think some of the things that we've mentioned do come about a little bit earlier. So enrolling in this plan, making sure that you're on the save path before October hits is is wise. Yeah, so we've kind of detailed some of the details, <laughs> some of the specifics of the save plan and what it entails. But we will next talk about how it is that you should that folks out there should be approaching student loans maybe we've got some younger listeners or even some parents out there who have high school seniors or juniors and colleges in your future how should you approach student loans what's a healthy approach we'll get to that right after this So we've mentioned on the show how we've got a Dominican trip coming up. We're going to celebrate, Joel, you and Emily. You're both turning 40 this year, so we're doing it up right. And a lot of listeners, they might have trips of their own planned. And sometimes those vacations can get expensive. So what better way to offset some of those costs than to have your home earning some money while you're away? Yeah, that's right. Why let it sit empty when it can be earning extra income on your behalf? It's a smart and practical thing to do. So think it through. Maybe you have some extra space in your home. Maybe you have a whole house to host. Or maybe you're going on vacation and your home is just going to be sitting empty. In every case, you can Airbnb it. You already have the space, so it won't be a huge adjustment. Yeah, I mean, the way I see it, if you're not using your space, you've got two options. You can either let it just sit there empty, or you can do some optimizing and make some money off of it. Really, if you think about it, you already have an Airbnb. You just need to start using it. Your home, it might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Hey, folks, it's Matt. I've got to tell you about something new I've been trying this year. I've been drinking a little Health Aid kombucha every day, and I feel amazing. It comes in so many delicious flavors, but my favorites so far are Pink Lady Apple and Ginger Lemon. So what exactly is Health Aid kombucha? Well, it is a fermented, bubbly, probiotic tea that's good for your gut. It's blended with real fruit juice, and it's super thirst-quenching, a little sweet and a little tangy, and very refreshing. I'm sure you've heard about the importance of gut health and supporting uh, your overall health. It's something I've read up on a good bit over the past year, which is why I've made Health Aid Kombucha a part of my everyday routine. Literally every afternoon, I'll have some. It's super easy, and it's affordable, too. My favorite grocery store, Aldi, they carry it as well. If you want to give it a try and see how great you can feel, look for the brown bottle with an anchor and make Health Aid Kombucha your go-to for a healthier, happier you. A big part of being a responsible adult is taking care of the things you care about. For instance, my bike that I ride in to work on. I keep the tires pumped. I keep the chain greased. Gone are the days of leaving your bike out in the rain for weeks at a time, like a kid. (laughs) Simply put, the things futures are built around are the things worth protecting. And making an estate plan now means gaining security of your assets and peace of mind for you and your loved ones. With Trust & Will, you can create and manage a custom estate plan starting at just $199. Go to trustandwill.com slash howtomoney for 10% off plus free document shipping. As the primary breadwinner for our family, I've taken the steps to ensure that Kate and the kids that they're going to be taken care of if something terrible happens to me. Each will or trust is state-specific and customized to your needs. Their simple step-by-step process guides you from start to finish with ease. So get the peace of mind you deserve by creating your estate plan with Trust & Will. Secure your assets and protect your loved ones with Trust & Will. Get 10% off plus free shipping of your estate plan documents by visiting trustandwill.com slash howtomoney. That's 10% off and free shipping at trustandwill.com slash howtomoney.
Matt, let's keep talking student loans. And when the facts on the ground change, you and I, we're not afraid to, to change our opinion. And the truth is that the SAFE plan, it does a lot to change how we feel about student loans and how we feel about people taking on student loan debt. It does revise kind of the mindset people should have when they're going into taking on student loans, taking out student loans. It, it makes me think similarly of kind of the changes that were made to 529 plans recently that allow you to convert unused money not spent for college to retirement money inside of a Roth for your kid. And so now with that added flexibility, guess what? We like 529 plans a whole lot more than we did before. Sure. And but that being said, I don't think the changes that have taken place with these with the safe plan, it's not as drastic as the 529 plan. It's like drastic not, for people who currently have student currently debt, have it, but it doesn't necessarily change for future borrowers all that much uh, about how we think about, yeah, how people take it on in the future. Exactly, yeah. yeah. And we'll kind of, I guess, maybe explain <laughs> how yeah. it is that we're thinking about it. But, but clearly, $400 billion sloshing around, that's going to change, right? Sure. I- incentives for borrowers and for the colleges alike. And so what we've said all along is that w- what SAVE is doing and kind of the, the attempt at forgiveness, it doesn't do anything to address the root of the problem, which is... That that college costs a whole lot more than it should. And uh, when, but here's the thing, when borrowing gets cheaper and repayment becomes even easier, it, it incentivizes universities to charge more, knowing that the federal government is going to be footing a lot of the now higher bill and they're less price sensitive <laughs> than most people are, than individuals and families are. So how should you approach you know, student debt given the new landscape? We've got a few thoughts on how this might change things, at least a little bit. That's right. Yeah. So as far as folks who have not yet taken on student loans, our advice, you know, what we've always said about how much to borrow, it still stands. Uh, Don't borrow more than you're likely to make in that first year after you graduate. Ideally, you'd borrow even less than that. (laughs) Uh, The smaller your student loan balance upon graduation, the better. But let's say, for instance, you're planning on becoming a social worker. Well, the average starting wage is something like $46,000. And in that case, $46,000. $46,000. Guess what? That's your absolute ceiling. That is the most that you should borrow. We do not want you to count on like the best case, best possible case scenario happening and saying, well, I'll be able to offset, you know, my, my higher tuition costs because I want to go to this private school, mm-hmm. assuming that everything is going to line up unless you know, <laughs> it, it, like if you've got some sort of guaranteed job, then okay, maybe like that's something you consider. But Bottom line, sounds the, like a pretty rare situation. Very rare, yeah. The the rule of thumb still stands: do not borrow more than you're going to make that first year after you graduate. Yeah, even though student loans are kind of like a blank check in some ways, and you could borrow more, it's just not wise. You're you're putting yourself in an unnecessary financial hardship upon graduation, and and so yeah, that's a really good rule of thumb. And I think that rule of of thumb stays in place. It stays the same even with these changes made to how you have to repay back student loans. But Matt. It does kind of make me think of something we talked about on the Friday flight last week, the new 84-month car loans from Tesla. And just because you can borrow for seven years, it doesn't mean you should, right? Just because someone will give you a loan for that length of time doesn't mean that it's it's smart on your part to actually take them up on that offer. And so, yeah, if, if taking out a longer loan meant you would get uh, a bigger portion of that payment subsidized by someone else, especially like the federal government, you would you know, take that into consideration. So that is worth thinking through. It's definitely true that it's about to become less risky than ever to borrow money for a higher education. So that is one thing to, to think through. But either way, it's a good idea to keep borrowing in check uh, for your mental sanity and 
for your financial solvency too. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a. I feel like this is an instance where you don't want to let the tail wag the dog because if you go into it with the wrong mindset, you could say, oh, why not borrow even more? Because the more I borrow, the more the government is going to subsidize. Mm-hmm. Like like an equivalent example. Um, it makes me think of is like credit card rewards, and you're thinking, oh, the more I spend on my credit card, the more points I get. If only I could just spend more and more money. <laughs> well, you're you're not you're not looking at your entire financial situation, and you, obviously as an individual, that's what we need to do. We're not only looking at one small sliver of truth here and how, yeah, in, in reality, the government could subsidize a high or a very large portion of your college education costs. But that is not how we want folks to be thinking about right. it. Or even with a, a $7,500 federal tax credit to buy an electric vehicle, well, is your current vehicle working just fine? Yeah. Do you need a new car? Like, What's the big picture? Cool. Like, they're subsidizing it. Yeah. The, but, the, the very small incentive or benefit that's there. And maybe five years from now. Maybe maybe that's when it's time to, uh, to upgrade. But don't let the, yeah, don't let, like you said, t- the tail wag the dog. Like, oh, go somebody buy an EV now because it's slightly discounted. Well, that'd be short-sighted. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, maybe not. We would also encourage folks to shop around when you are looking at specific schools because where it is that you go to school, it matters a lot. So, for instance, we were reading uh, a journalism degree at Mizzou. It's going to get you into $20,000 of student loan debt. Uh, and it's also going to deliver you a starting salary of about $50,000. And this is specifically for a master's degree. Well, if you went to Northwestern instead, you'd be graduating with much more student loan debt. We're talking about 55000 over $20,000. And your salary is actually going to be closer to $41,000. It's actually a little bit less than graduating from uh, Mizzou. So it's a good idea. I mentioned this example because we want folks to shop colleges, like basically like you would shop for uh, mortgage rates. And a great resource is the, the U.S. Department of Education's college scorecard. You can enter in specific colleges and they've got the average tuition costs as well as average starting salary costs. Once you were to graduate, you can compare degrees. There's a lot. I feel like there's a lot that the government isn't great at, but they're really good at collecting data, (laughs) (laughs) requiring colleges in particular to submit that data. And they have that. It's there on hand for you to use as a resource. So be sure to check that out as well. We'll link to that in the show notes if you don't already know about it. When we talk to people who are trying to buy a home, Matt, one of the fatal flaws that people often experience is I fell in love with the home and I just have to have it. Right. And I think the same fatal flaw is true when it comes to choosing a college. It's like, I'm in love with it. I went on campus. This has to be the place I go. Even more so than the home, right? Because yeah. with, a, with a college, it's like, but I've watched that football team my entire <laughs> life or right. mom and dad went there. It's something, it's, man, it's it's so ingrained. It's We're brainwashed to a certain extent right. when it comes to higher ed. And when you're not running the numbers before you fall in love, when you're not making a decision based on value, comparing a few, a few apples against each other, you're liable to make a, a poor decision. You're liable to sign up for a whole lot more student loan debt than you need to. And... You know, you're like you were mentioning there too. Your your income might not be as high either going to that school, which that's I don't know. I think that you have to take those things in, into consideration before you make a choice of where to go to college. Sure. And I know that sounds like Debbie Downer, like don't go do something you love or don't go to the place you love. Stop being such a realist. <laughs> I, I think it is like a value based proposition. No, it is and though. So th- there's a bunch of cool cool colleges out there, just like there's a bunch of great houses. And falling in love with the one is likely going to put a lot of people into financial difficulty because they didn't think long and hard enough before they made that decision. Yeah. And th- here's the thing. I mean, there is the chance that you are the outlier, right? Like that you actually, well, that's just the average. I'm going to make uh, make way more than that. Well, yeah, there's a chance that that's going to be the case, but there's a reason that these numbers exist. Mm-hmm. There's a reason that this is the average because this is what most people do. And so uh, 
I don't know. I don't want people to think too highly. Uh, of, like, we want folks to be realistic in what it is that they're likely going to incur, the amount of debt that they're going to be burdened with, but also realistic when it comes to how much that they're likely going to make once they do graduate. Yeah. All right. And, and so I think we, we basically said that one of the things that this, this new repayment plan that SAVE does is it limits the risk for a lot of borrowers. And so there are a lot of people, if you do take on too much in student loan debt, let's say, and you don't earn quite the income you expected, well, the SAVE plan is here to kind of uh, be be like a, that trampoline underneath you to ensure that you're not as screwed as you would have been otherwise, right? And uh, I, I think of this, Matt, as enhanced downside protection. Maybe that's what we'll call it. If, if the decree didn't pan out like you wanted, your student loan payment isn't going to eat you alive in the same way that it would have when you're trying to get your career off the ground. So I would say, think about these rule changes less as a license to borrow bigger sums to take on a bigger chunk of student loan debt and throwing caution to the wind in that regard, and more as kind of like a, a nice insurance policy, right? Some meaningful protection if you lose your job or your earnings aren't growing as fast as you'd hoped. Yeah. It basically keeps like the worst case scenario from happening. Yeah. And... We don't want you to count on it, though, right? Like this isn't like it's not a goal to be able to pay nothing on your student loans. Like that's the worst case scenario. It's like because then your income's not awesome. Yes, we want you to grow your income. It's like it makes me think of um, like income tax. Oh, here's a trick. Here's a way that you can avoid paying any income tax. Don't earn any. (laughs) I feel like it could be like the Eddie Murphy meme, where it's just like want to pay zero dollars in federal income tax earn no money. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same thing with, with student loans. Put your job and live in a tent. Want to not have to make a student loan payment every month? Earn less than $32,500. <laughs> Smart. <Yep. laughs> but that is not the goal. We want folks, obviously, to be doing much better than that. Yeah. Okay. I think something else that this does, Matt, another kind of tweak, another change to the way we can think about student loans moving forward is that paying off student loan debt is becoming less advantageous. And I think because of the new repayment rules and that kind of additional downside protection, there's just no need to rush to pay off your loans, to to start throwing, you know, oh, I got a bonus at work. Let me let me hurl it all towards the student loan and pay that off as quickly as possible. Uh, it's it's kind of like throwing extra money towards the principal on your 2.75% mortgage, right? It's like, there are better things you could do with your money. It's not that that's like some sort of financial evil or malpractice or anything like that, but it it just doesn't make the most financial sense to start paying off that that principal when there's other things you could be doing. And, and there's just a lot of, similarly with student loans, there's a lot of other financial priorities that take precedence given the change to these repayment programs. And so for most folks, it makes sense to pay as agreed to stick dollars towards the other money goals that you've got, like saving for retirement and paying off other debts that might be that might be worse and that might not come with and that don't come with some sort of uh, insurance policy essentially from the federal government. So I would say for a lot of people, yeah, pay the amount you're supposed to pay, but paying more in an attempt to accelerate the payoff of that debt just doesn't make as much sense as it used to either. Yeah, certainly. If you're into the numbers, go ahead and crunch them and see like how much you actually are going to be paying in interest. But the bottom line is we've just detailed all the different ways that the SAVE program plan is making your payments less painful. It's a lower rate. There's a floor as to how much you need to earn in order before you're making payments at all. There are just multiple ways that SAVE has made it less attractive to aggressively attack your student loans. Mm-hmm. And it's also important to note, too, that different employers, different companies are offering to help pay your student loans off. Part of why it's becoming more popular is a provision that allows companies to offer up to $5,250 in loan repayment as a tax-free benefit through 2025. So it's worth looking to see if that's a benefit that's offered 
where you currently work. It could even influence where you decide to apply for a job in the future. The story uh, we were that we came across highlighted how NVIDIA, the is it microchips or whatever computers, uh, but they're they're, pro- they're making all those AI chips. Man. Uh-huh. They're so hot That's right why now. Their stock was was so hot, but yep. they're paying something in the range of three hundred fifty dollars a month towards their employees' student loans. That is a lot of money. That is yeah. a seriously awesome benefit and could have us. And some of these different plans do have caps as well as like as far as like the lifetime amount that they're willing to pay towards your student loans. But seriously, check that out. I, yeah. I think that could certainly end up swaying which company you decide to go with. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the the truth is, Matt, student loans remain this kind of oddball product, right? Like we're, we're asking teenagers to make really big decisions that are going to affect them for decades to come. This is where parents come into, like parents have to help their kids, not just say like, yeah, go to the college of your dreams, but like think through the numbers and the burden that that child is going to endure for years to come if they make a bad decision. And so it's, you know, because the federal government is a lender on top of that, there's no due diligence being done on whether or not the the borrower is going to be able to adequately repay those loans. Whereas when you buy a house, guess what? They're looking at every single piece of your financial life to determine. They're looking at your credit score. They're looking at your mm-hmm. debt to income ratio. Hey, what are the assets that you own? What what sources of income do you have? They want to know everything about you. But when you take out student loans, none of those questions <laughs> get asked. And so uh, it's all about potential. That's right. Yeah. It's like seriously, you're going to be a superstar. And yeah, so that's yeah. why we think you should you know take out 100k in student loans. And and this is likely going to be uh, continue to be uh, a hot button issue. Right. We'll continue to do our best to address it in a level-headed manner. And by the way, if you're still unsettled about student loan payments resuming, we'll link to an article that we just wrote on the site that hopefully can help you think about and start to incorporate those payments back into your life. But I also hope for a lot of people out there, Matt, that this SAVE plan does help limit, reduce the burden of that student loan payment resuming again. And by the way, if you have a question about some of the nuance of this safe plan, Ooh, feel free to holler at us because great plug. Love to take it on an upcoming Ask HTM episode. We know there's like a lot of murky stuff that we went through, and hopefully, and a t- lot of we spoke about it clearly. But I don't know. It's sure it's a little well, confusing sometimes. I don't say very clearly, but <laughs> but there's a lot of details and specifics too that we didn't cover. So yeah. if you have a specific situation scenario, we would love to hear it for sure. All right, man. Let's get back to the beer. You and I enjoyed the IPA from the Japanese brewery. It's, it's your turn to say it now. Waku Waku. Tezakuri Farm Kawakita. Eh? Oh. Pretty good. You already heard me say it, so. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. I uh, I would love to live in a world where you're fluent in Japanese and I'm the guy that's Asian and people expect me to be able to speak Japanese. That'll be my, my new hobby, learning Japanese. <laughs> but they're Japanese. like, wait, that guy? It's the, it's the white Norwegian guy? He, <laughs> he's the one that can speak it. But uh, yeah, this was an IPA. What were your thoughts on this beer? It was more malty. Definitely not like New England style IPA. Not super Juicy, hot bomb, any of that kind of stuff. So really like an IPA from 15, 20 years ago, uh, but also not overly yep. bitter, not West Coast style IPA either. Like truly the first versions of American IPAs yes. that showed up on the scene. Exactly. Because I feel like, so American IPA 1.0 was old school malty this. Like the, Anchor Steam IPA, something style. like that. I don't know if that was one of the first uh, 2.0 ones. 2.0 were the West Coast ones. That's that where like the Sierra Nevada. piney, the resiny beers, uh, some of those flavors came on the scene. And then 3.0, the third generation, or the, in my mind, are the New England oh, the yeah. New England hazies. Um, the, the folks out of, you know, Maine and... Bissell Brothers, Trillium, yeah. Boston, uh, Burial, even all the way down to, to North Carolina. I mean, a lot of folks on the East Coast. A lot of folks everywhere are making the New England hazy style now. But this, yeah, you definitely like rolled back the clock it's like you're sitting down in the time machine and the delorean punched in 2005 to 2008 i want to drink an ipa from that period <laughs> from that period of time yeah so super it's fun good. especially since it's 
again, it's this exotic beer. Always yeah, fun to try something unique. It's a privilege to be able to just drink something uh, that you can only get overseas. Yeah. And that's thanks to Julia. So thank you. Super fun. Julia for sending this one our way. We really appreciate it. That's right. And Matt, that's going to do it for this episode. We'll have, of course, links uh, in the show notes up on our website. That's at right. At howtomoney.com to that calculator to some of the other resources we mentioned. College, if you're like, college scorecard, the yeah. article about student loans. Uh, in order to dive into the details, you can find all of that up at howtomoney.com. And that's going to be it, buddy. So until next time, best friends out. Best friends out. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Supercharge your work decks with AI-powered Canva presentations. All you do is start with a prompt. You describe your, your presentation in a few words, and Canva presentations will generate captivating slides that you can then customize in seconds. Canva presentations are designed for every workplace and every department. Whether you work in sales, marketing, HR, ops, and more, Canva presentations can generate any deck you want for work. Sales decks, marketing presentations, onboarding plans, you name it. Any department can save time on any presentation with AI. Generate slides and seconds with Canva presentations at canva.com. Designed for work. Upswell Marketing would like to remind listeners that most people don't belong to two gyms. They don't see two dentists or trust two auto repair shops. So when customers choose your small business over your competitors, they're really choosing you. Upswell Marketing's unique approach includes direct mail, search engine marketing, and social media ads. And in fact, that formula and media mix has fueled more than 10,000 small business success stories. And new customers receive 15% off their first order when they mention that they heard about Upswell on this podcast. For more information, visit upswellmarketing.com.